Welcome to our election podcast. I'm Trisha Bannon, Head of Equities and Co-Manager of our Disciplined Equity Strategy at CIBC Private Wealth. I'm joined by Brent Houston, also Co-Manager of our Disciplined Equity Strategy and Senior Analyst covering the financial sector. Today, we'll discuss possible election outcomes and how they may affect the financial sector. So, Brant, let's begin with banks. What are the implications of a Biden win? There are three main areas of discussion as we think about the election's impact on the banks. First, tax policy. Second, the regulatory environment. And third, the potential impact of fiscal stimulus. So let's take each one in turn. Uh, Taxation is probably the most discussed topic in regards to the election. The Biden camp has proposed raising the corporate tax rate from 21% currently to 28% under the proposed change, which would effectively remove about half the benefit of the Trump tax cuts from a few years ago. The company's effective tax rate is largely dependent on the mix of where they do business in the world. The banks are very US-centric, and thus we would expect close to 100% of any tax rate uh, tax hike to flow through the banking industry's PL. Estimates on the earnings impact that I have seen generally put the earnings drag at 5 to 7% due to higher tax rates. But turning to regulations, uh, banks are a heavily regulated industry under whichever party is in charge. Traditionally, Democrats have favored a more hands on approach to ensure both systemic resiliency as well as to further social priorities. Both of these objectives can have an impact on long term returns. For consumer finance companies specifically, a Biden win is likely to come with a stronger role for the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, or CFPB, which has largely been sidelined in the Trump administration over the last several years, and we think it would be given new life under a Biden administration. In addition to appointing the head of the CFPB, the president also controls uh, appointments to lead the FOMC, the FDIC, and the OCC. But those offices have terms, so they would not all be swapped out at the same time, and thus it would limit the impact of swapping out former Trump appointees with Biden's picks. Finally, on fiscal stimulus, with a quote-unquote blue wave, we could see odds of a very large stimulus package increasing. Massive fiscal stimulus or more comprehensive health care coverage, for example, those would have positive impacts on consumer finances. With more people back to work, earning more money, and lower probabilities of personal bankruptcies, all of which is good for the credit quality of consumer loans. So to conclude, you know, there are definitely puts and takes, potentially higher tax rates and more regulations can be offset to some degree by the prospect of much stronger fiscal stimulus. Great. Thanks, Brant. Um, so what if Trump is reelected? How might the outlook for banks change? Uh, using the same framework from my last answer, yeah, I think we need to look at the same factors with the Trump win. On taxation, uh, depending on the dynamics in Congress, a reelected President Trump may very well push for additional tax cuts or credits that could benefit the banks as well as other corporates. On regulations, I think we would continue to see the status quo, which for the last few years, we've seen some of the rules that were put in place after the 2008 and 2009 financial crisis have been rolled back. But I don't see anything that's game changing. And finally, on fiscal stimulus, we're in the final weeks of the election season. And as of right now, it doesn't look like we'll get an agreement before the election. But as we look into 2021 and the prospect of more stimulus, uh, depending on who controls the White House, the Senate and the House, generally more money in the hands of consumers is good for consumer credit. And longer term, at some point, bond investors may start demanding higher interest rates, given the ballooning deficits, which those higher interest rates 
combined with a positively sloped yield curve uh, would generally be favorable for the banks. And there are plenty of other industries within the financial sector. Are there any other groups worth mentioning here? Yeah, let's talk about the asset management industry. Uh, tax rates are again front and center, but this time, uh, let's discuss how the changes to personal tax rates under President Biden could impact asset managers. A potentially higher personal tax rates can have the effect of reducing after-tax income that is available to invest. This could have an impact on the traditional managers, which have already suffered through multiple years of weakening net flows into their funds. For the alternative managers, which have displayed strong growth in recent years, these are the private equity, private credit, real estate firms. They cater to both institutional investors as well as the high net worth investors. Again, higher taxes could definitely result in lower available high net worth dollars to invest with these managers. Also, what is more concerning to me is that there has been discussion about changing the long-term capital gains tax and dividend income tax rates to be closer to or equal to the short-term capital gains rate. This could make long-term investing a thing of the past, at least from a tax standpoint, and drive higher volumes and volatility in the markets during sell-offs. With zero uh, brokerage commissions and no difference in tax rates, there would be effectively no reason to avoid short-term trading. Today, most taxable investors are averse to paying the higher short-term tax rates, and that encourages patient long-term investing. And finally, some Democrats have proposed a wealth tax where the super wealthy are taxed each year on a percentage of their net worth. You know, leaving aside the arguments around its ultimate effectiveness at reducing inequality, a wealth tax could have implications on net flows out of asset managers around tax time. So to just wrap up, you know, changes to dividend taxation, long-term tax rates, and wealth taxes would impact net flows at asset managers. And more importantly for investors, it might have longer term asset allocation implications. So there's a lot to think about. Yeah, there certainly is. I, I, I think it's clear from your commentary that there are multiple factors to take into account election or not when investing in the financial sector. So why don't you take a moment to discuss how we approach investing in financials? Sure, you know, predicting the political process is very difficult. I would also say making investment decisions based on predicting macro trends is just as difficult. You know, that's why our focus here on the investment team at CIBC Private Wealth is to really construct our portfolios from the bottom up rather than the top down. Yes, we're certainly aware of the risks and potential opportunities and the impact that different political or macro trends may have on our portfolio companies. But we're ultimately trying to identify and invest in the leaders of particular sectors and industries. You know, those are companies with the ability to invest precious shareholder capital into their businesses and earn excess returns on that invested capital. That's going to be the ultimate determinant of long-term shareholder value creation. The financial sector can be quite cyclical. It's heavily regulated. Banks and insurance companies in particular are capital intensive. The sector is highly sensitive to macro factors like interest rates, credit, GDP growth, and so on. So we have to be mindful of these risks. So our focus is on identifying the companies that will outperform their peers over a market cycle. And these are going to be companies with identifiable growth opportunities, uh, a history of strong execution, and, and, and solid risk management skills. Finally, you know, just taking into account our view of quality and the fundamental outlook, we remain disciplined on valuations always to help ensure a good company will also be a good stock in the long run. Great. We really appreciate your thoughts, Brant. Thank you all for listening. For more on this 
and other topics, subscribe to this podcast and visit wealth.us.cibc.com. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, and CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group, LLC, and the Private Wealth Division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only, and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. Contents expressed are current as of the date of this publication and may change without notice.